Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. And welcome to a new episode of the Geek Town Behind the Scenes podcast. I'm your host, Dave Elliott, and on this episode, I'm chatting with Benji Merrison, composer of the film SAS Red Notice, which you can find right now on Sky and the now streaming service. The movie stars Outlander's Sam Hewen as Tom Buckingham, a suspended Special Forces operative who is taking his girlfriend, Dr. Sophie Hart, played by Ant-Man and the Wasp's Hannah John Carmen, from London to Paris to propose. When their train is deep inside the Channel Tunnel, heavily armed mercenaries led by Grace Lewis, played by former Batwoman Ruby Rose, seize control of it and hold everyone hostage. Grace threatens to blow up the Channel Tunnel and declare an economic war on a government that has its fair share of secrets. Unarmed and cut off from his counter-terrorist team, Buckingham is the only hope that Sophie and the other passengers have to make it out alive. It's a wonderfully fun action movie. It's a little bit strike back, it's a little bit diehard, it's a little bit James Bond. The cast is brilliant, it also includes Andy Serkis from Lord of the Rings and Black Panther, Tom Hopper from the Umbrella Academy, Noel Clark from Bulletproof and Doctor Who, and the legendary Tom Wilkinson, who's been a million different things. Benji, who is an adept pianist, is unique in his approach and often improvises his initial sessions in order to let the music flow freely without judgment. The film's main theme, Tom Buckingham, was created during the producer's sketching session after Benji started to improvise. The dynamic score is juxtaposed with an English garden vibe as the action intensifies in the film Benji deconstruct and morphs the refined tracks. If you want to hear more of the music, the original soundtrack is out now on Lakeshore Records. Along with SAS Red Notice, Benji is the Emmy Award-nominated composer of David Attenborough's Dynasty series and Forces of Nature with Brian Cox. He's also worked on shows such as Tin Star, Victoria, Britannia and Class. If you'd like to hear more behind-the-scenes interviews, don't forget to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts by searching for Geek Town Radio. This will also give you our weekly Geek Town Radio podcast, which brings you all the latest TV, filming and gaming news. You can also go to the website at geektown.co.uk for daily news stories and all the latest UK and US TV premiere dates. Here's the interview with Benji Merrison, composer on the film SAS Red Notice. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. 
Dave, how are you doing? You all right? I'm all right. How are you, Veggie? I'm good, mate. Yeah, not too bad. Not too bad. <laughs> good. Whereabouts are you? Just outside uh, London, St Albans. Oh, okay. Lovely. Have you been stuck working from home or have you been managing to get to a studio? I've been quite lucky because uh, I've got a studio at home. I've had it for a few years because I've got little little kids. So I kind right. of I moved my studio at home a few years back and it proved to be quite sort of COVID, uh, <laughs> COVID intelligent thing to do. Um, so I've been all right, really. It's, it's, it's not been too bad. Before we get into the actual film itself, a bit of background about you. How did you get into the industry? I've always been fascinated by music and sound from baby really I guess you know I, I, there was a piano in the house and I started on that quite early and went through and, and I, I studied music classical music if you like and then went and did music technology as well but then it was just a kind of graduate I think I went into the world of work and I actually decided I didn't really like music anymore and I quite like doing motion graphics so I started working off as a motion graphics <laughs> designer actually yeah bizarrely I didn't really to be honest I didn't know you could be a composer but you know I, I, <laughs> I, mean, I didn't I didn't know there was a job as a composer that you could actually do so I thought I better do something that I can actually get paid for yeah so I started off as a motion graphics designer and to be honest it proved the perfect launch pad to be a composer because there was all this music that we were farming out you know these jobs and it was coming back and it was just like awful and I was like well I can do I can do better than that so I'll just put something (laughs) in mind And, and gradually you know I started doing more and more of that kind of thing and the music then took over and I was like, oh, actually, yeah, I, I, I'm pretty good at this. So, yeah, it was a sort of back doorway into the industry, I guess. That's interesting. Yeah, I mean, could, for somebody who could create entirely their own title sequences for things, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it still proves useful to this day. I mean, I, I, I now I 100% focus on the music, but, you know, if you have to smash out the odd sort of clip for social media, then it's a handy skill to have in the back pocket. Yeah, absolutely. Yes, I, I have a little bit of background in that as well. So, uh, it's, it's yeah. always useful. So in terms of stuff you've worked on, you did quite a lot of things like nature documentaries. So things like the David Attenborough stuff, Dynasties, Green yeah. Planet, uh, Forces of Nature with Brian Cox, the, the ooh, look, That's isn't right. the world big one, not the actor one. <laughs> the uh, Britannia, you did some work on Tin Star Class. Uh, yeah. You did the title music for, for Victoria as well, I believe. Yeah, yeah. There was the extended extended title sequence actually for the, for the soundtrack ah, release. But yeah, that, that was great great working on that yeah. yeah and then we come to SAS Red Notice which is Scott Sky and really enjoyed it it's a, such a fun film to play with <laughs> I'm glad uh, you. it's uh, it's sort of Strike Back meets Die Hard meets James Bond just a really yeah. really fun and amazing cast as well so uh, how did you get involved with that it's quite a chance encounter actually I was just out in LA at a, at a conference and I I think it was a round table event or something like that and I was I got chatting to the what turned out to be the music supervisor for SAS Laura Katz. It was funny because I was trying to fit in and not be too British and all of that. And she said, well, I've got this film that I've got coming up. And the thing is about it, we need a, it has to be a British composer. So of course I slipped straight into my best Hugh Grant <laughs> accent. Was, oh, hello. <laughs> hello. Yes, I, I'm sorry. And um, yeah, we, you know, we got chatting. I got back home. I didn't think too much about it. And, but then I got an email a couple of weeks later saying, you know, actually, I think it'd be good to introduce you to the producer of the film who turned out to be Larry Malkin. Yeah. Um, now we're very good friends. And yeah, he, he, he sort of, he, again, he rang me up and it was just like, can you be in Amsterdam tomorrow uh, midday? <laughs> 
and this was like sort of 3 p.m. UK. I was like, yeah, well, I guess I can actually. Yeah, I, I think I can make that happen. Well, so I got on a plane. We did a we did a screening. Um, we got on really well. A couple of glasses of wine later on, and yeah, a couple of music tests. And he was like, yeah, you're you're the guy for the job. So it worked worked out pretty well. So what was your approach for the music for it? It was quite an interesting one, actually. I we started off. There were a few ideas about mixing the sense of Britishness with an action movie with there's also this idea about psychopathy which a lot of the without wanting to ruin some of the storyline there a lot of the main characters are psychopaths and the, the whole film will ex- yeah. explain a little bit more about that um so but it, there was all these ideas about how these elements interacted um so that was the that was the startings of the conversation about the score how do you present psychopaths in musical form <laughs> <laughs> well it, it was quite a funny one because we and I say we me and, and Larry Malkin, Peter Clark, the music supervisor, they both came over to my studio and we were discussing this very issue of how do you effectively represent a physical, you know, a way of being that is devoid of emotion with something like music, which is supposed to convey emotion. Yeah. So, so exactly that. And I sort of, as I often do, I'm quite an improvisatory kind of composer, at least when I'm coming up with ideas. I suppose it goes back to my piano days of just sitting down at the piano and trying ideas out or something. I developed this sort of palette of like orchestral kind of template where I could dial in anything from a, you know, a piano to like a full symphony orchestra just quite quickly so that when they were sat with me, I could try a load of different ideas around. And actually the whole idea of the psychopathy I'd programmed, I don't know if, you know, some of your listeners, I'm sure will be aware of the mod wheel on a, on a keyboard. Mm. Um, I'd programmed that mod wheel to basically bend all of the different parts of the orchestra but in different directions so oh. it, it wasn't just like a one pitch you know it wasn't like up or down it was like they suddenly started to you know diverge into a kind of swarm like sound so i'd started this improvisation which was kind of like a bit neo-baroque sort of or british you know kind of counterpointy thing and then i gradually just pushed the mod wheel and it just made this weird distorted sort of morphing sound and they were like, what is that? That's that's psychopathy right there. So <laughs> it really came from, yeah, this this little tempo I had and, and the mod wheel on a MIDI controller, I suppose. Well, that's that's a really interesting way of doing it. So in terms of you recording it, were we in COVID at the time when you were doing this or was this done before? No, just before, thankfully. Okay. I mean, I have recorded quite a few things since then. It has proved to be slightly more tricky and less fun, <laughs> you know, um, less going down the pub afterwards for example yeah um, but no we managed we recorded it at air studios in, in lindhurst hall and we managed to get that in before lockdown and the, the film had been planned to be released a little while back um but it's just been delayed as as yeah, yeah, films yeah. over the last year or so so were you using real full orchestras for this or how, how was it put together good question there is what i call pre-records so you know stuff that i develop i mean i i generally do quite a lot of recording in advance anyway Anyway, whether it's me banging on a drum or scraping a, a cello, trying to make some sounds from it. So there is quite a lot of that in the score. But yes, we did. A lot of it is orchestral. We had full orchestra, as I say, air studios. Some of the most amazing. I mean, I'm, I'm always amazed at the quality of, of the musicianship uh, mm. in the UK. They, they just really are. It's, it's unbelievable hearing them and being in the room as well at the time as we were allowed to be back then. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, it, it is, it's quite an orchestral score, this one, with, with little bits of uh, electronic stuff in the background. Yeah, I mean, are there any sort of influences that you would 
were kind of pulling on because as I say the, the film itself there are elements which feel like it's Sam Hewen's audition tape for James Bond to me <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly yeah the secret's out <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, were, I mean, were there any sort of influences of, of that kind of nature on the musical side yeah there wasn't and not intentionally any Bond actually although I do love you know a lot of John Barry's work and, and well Thomas Newman everyone that's worked on, on Bond yeah. scores but there wasn't really any intention I, th- I suppose there may have been a vernacular of action movies that came through that but it was more trying to blend I think we've kind of been tossing around ideas of The Crown meets Sicario or something like that right yeah it, it was that kind of world or something like that so how do these two things coexist where you've maybe got you know, Johan Johansson lovely textural kind of slightly bendy slightly electronic mix of sounds with something a bit more British that you know is kind of like steeped in like maybe a classical or some you know some kind of tradition like that so I think that's where it came from but quite quickly I I mean I, as I tend to do I, I turn off any other references or try to and just let just channel it through all the all the kind of filtering of all the things I've ever heard so I wouldn't say there was a particular reference or a particular influence which was anything more than any other right yeah are there any kind of odd instruments or sound effects that you found to use in the score for this or was it all sort of pretty straightforward what I would consider sort of normal orchestral stuff and as, as well as you know like you say the sort of bending of the of the tones yeah. and stuff there are a lot I mean I'm con- I'm always developing new sounds for the next project or the next project I'm always trying out new sounds to see how that can be you know extended I mean one in particular on SAS, which is used, is kind of nestled in there, but it's a length of garden hose that I've got that I, <laughs> I just put a, I put a clarinet mouthpiece on the end and it makes this super cool sound for, for like drones and things like that. So that's nestled in there. Cool. As I say, I'm always experimenting with, you know, especially with some of the rhythmic side of things for, uh, for SAS in particular. It's easy to just reach for the samples sometimes and go for, you know, that sounds massive. That sounds big drum. But I, I find actually small smaller drums tend to work better so I've got a, a load of toms here that I, I will use for the action sequences and even things like sort of the classic two pound egg shaker I you know yeah. they are I, I use them a lot and I think it gives it a, a more distinctive quality than just bashing away on the samples basically so yeah there is lots of of homegrown sounds in the score that's for sure cool yeah I always find it fascinating that sort of you know things that people find around the house and stuff to make music yeah. out of is yeah I remember a very memorable conversation with somebody who had uh, got shouted at by his partner because she couldn't find any pairs of scissors in the house. He was using them on a, on a recording and he had like five pairs of scissors. <laughs> so, oh, well, uh, actually, I, I do have a... I, I've got a really good set of scissors. They're like scissors that you used to cut pasta or something. So they've got like six blades or something like that. Right. They sound they sound amazing. So that's <laughs> on your details of your friend. I will... Uh, I'll, I'll loan in my scissors maybe at a price. Yeah, definitely. Um, that's <laughs> So looking back over the list of of your stuff, you've done additional music on stuff or assistant composer on on sort of some dramas and things. This seems to be sort of one of the largest straight dramas you've done outside of the big nature documentaries. Is there a huge Mm. difference for you composing for something like a drama compared to something like those nature documentaries? Yeah, I think there is. I mean, I do often find it curious that that, that sort of people can pigeonhole you sometimes into doing this or, or that or the other. 
because you know good music is good music but there are mm. of course there are differences um i mean it's interesting with the with the david attenborough stuff we're often dynasties or dynasties for our u.s friends yeah. um, <laughs> i've been caught out by that a couple of times that's unique because it is really a drama with animals that series right yeah, so yeah. because you're following one family group and you're sort of down at ground level living their life and it's it is there's a slight degree of sonification going on although hopefully an elegant amount rather than an irritating amount so i think that was very good training for sas um in terms of like the theme development in terms of the story arc um Mm. but yeah some of the other series can be a bit more sequence based which is a different thing i would say yeah i noticed that you're credited as a musical sound design on tin star i i was just curious (laughs) as to what musical sound design is in that context yeah sure no i've worked with adrian corker for for quite a few years a a good friend um and on tin star i'd been helping him out for quite a few years or just collaborating really adrian's really into tape processing so i was doing i did a lot of sort of tape loop processing for that Ah. series so he would record like you know thai gongs or something like that or uh hurdy-gurdy or something like that and send me a load of that and so i would process those sounds using tape loops guitar pedals my modular synth here and then i would effectively make the you know mangle them and make them into new sonic elements and send them back over to him so that's what musical sound design is or at least in that context <laughs> right okay that that makes sense and uh the other things in terms of the other shows i mean obviously said dynasties britannia did some work on as well that was additional music for that yeah that's right i worked with neil davidge on first series of britannia um, right. and tom popperwell as well who did he did additional music too and that was a blast that was good that was a very good training and neil i love neil i mean he i think actually i learned a lot from him for a start i i learned i had to work in pro tools on that so which i've now now been working directly into pro tools so there's a kind of for all the daw geeks out there um <laughs> it's slightly more unusual to work in in pro to write straight into pro tools right but that's how sas was created so there's a lot i sort of picked up from him technically but also i think neil is a great crafter of themes and he what he did was he picked his themes really early in the pro composition process and I've taken that from him quite squarely as being a good thing to do because always before I thought oh, the themes maybe they will develop later but actually now I'm like just pick your themes because almost any sequence of notes can become a really powerful theme if developed and that's what he taught me it was like just go this is the theme we're going to go with this theme we're going to roll this out so yeah it was a blast working on that and obviously lots of fun ex- sort of sonic experiments and that side of things with Neil yeah yeah and then Class was the other one of the other big shows which I know only that's ran it. for one season but uh, it's such a shame they didn't bring that back I, I know some I know. of the cast from that because I've bumped into them in many conventions and I've interviewed some of them so yeah. uh, assistant composer on that one yeah so I worked with Blair again doing some additional Right. writing for him it was very quick turnaround that one and also mm. some of the sort of processing we did quite a lot of interesting things like we took some of the actors voices and made them into sort of synthesizers by oh. sampling them and distorting them and, and melding them i did a lot of the synth work on class actually um so there's, there's quite a lot of kind of synth effects and things like yeah. that's so like slightly retro sounding things so i did i did a lot of that because blair was very very busy obviously writing some of the sort of big orchestral cues so i took 
took a bit of the heavy lifting with the with the synth works, which was great. I, lo- I love working with synths. Yeah, that's awesome. In terms of SAS, Red Notice, anything in particular you want to point out or you think people should kind of keep an eye out for in the score for that? Well, no, I just I really hope people enjoy it. I mean, it, it's not a film that takes itself too seriously. It's not no. a score that takes itself too seriously. It's supposed to be a real romp, fun, and I just hope people love it as much as we enjoyed working on it because the whole team, and I, I can speak from the heart and say there's some really good friendships that have been made on that film mm. and hopefully friendships that will go on to make more films and, and, and other projects. There's a lot of blood, sweat and tears that have been put into it and a lot of fun been had along route. So I just hope people can feel the love and the passion that's gone into it. Yeah, as I say, I really, really enjoyed it. I thought it was a wonderfully fun film. There's a soundtrack album coming out for that as well, isn't there, I think? That's right, yes. Yeah, that's coming out on Lakeshore Records on the 12th, I believe, in on the same day as the... The, the UK release okay. um, Sky Cinema great so last few questions for you first up sure. um, do you know what you're doing next or, or what you've been doing sort of since SAS Red Notice is anything you can talk about there yeah there's a few things I can't talk about as you'd imagine but yeah. I've I finished um, a film it's quite different actually a film on the on the Beatles um, and their oh, time wow. in India which has been brilliant working with Indian musicians and again record, it's, a, it's an orchestral score but we recorded some had an amazing session Abbey Road recording guitars and harps and uh, wow. this instrument called a cannon. So I'm really proud of that score actually and I think it's going to be a it's going to be a lovely film especially for Beatles fans. I'm sure there's many out there with your listeners. Yeah. Uh, then we've got myself and Will Slater, my good friend and co-composer on the Attenborough series. We're working on a new series of Dynasties, so Dynasties 2, or I think it's just going to be called Dynasties. Yeah. And then we've got Green Planet coming up as well, which I'm again, oh, I'm really proud of the direction of that. So really looking forward hearing what people think yeah that, I'm looking forward to those that would be great and uh, yeah no pressure working on a Beatles documentary I mean <laughs> <laughs> absolutely Jeez. yeah but, uh, and quite very different stylistically but I, you know that, that fascinates me is just shifting into these different mindsets and distilling those ideas yeah that's amazing so uh, I'm lo- definitely looking forward to that I'm a huge Beatles fan so last two questions for you the first question is what TV shows are you watching at the moment I knew you'd ask me this so, <laughs> do you know what, Dave? I, I find sometimes I'm working so hard on things that I tend to do something else other than, than TV and film. However, recently I've got two little ones and we've been having a blast just sort of watching a lot of old films. So we were watching the Indiana Jones uh, oh, wow. trilogy. And I just, I forget how well made those films are. They're just, they're just unbelievable. You know, the precision of the storytelling is just amazing. And the cinematography, been through the whole Star Wars Brilliant. series as well. So, yeah, it's just been a period of really, obviously, we had the lockdowns as well with the kids being at home, homeschooling and all of that. Yeah. So it's just been a period of enga- actually engaging with in film with them and just re-watching some of those things from my childhood mm. and almost, in, you know, enjoying it just as much through their reactions as well. So, yeah, that's that's what I've been doing recently. Can't fault you for, for doing that. That's definitely what I will be doing as well. I mean, that's certainly what we've done with my <laughs> nephews is take them through all the uh, Star Wars movies. So. <laughs> oh, it's, it's, it has to be done, doesn't it? Absolutely. And if you had the opportunity to work on any TV show, it can be something from the past, something present, or some sort of future genre, mm. not something you've already worked on, what would it be? I'd love to have done Stranger Things, I have to say, because that, <laughs> that classic 80s synth brief, yeah. just, it, you feel like it should come up more often, like a director should, should bring you and say, oh, hey, I need you to get all the synths out and like literally do it exactly how it was back then. Yeah. But I've never had that so 
I would, uh, if there's any, any directors or producers that have got that brief in at the moment, I would absolutely love to smash out that score. Um, yeah. Yeah. The score for that is, is immense as yeah. well. It's such it's a wonderful job. I love that show. I'm very much looking forward to that coming back as well. Um, absolutely all right i shall let you get back to your day thank you for spending a little bit of time chatting with me it's been a real pleasure and hopefully we'll get to chat again at some point in the future thanks for having me on dave i really appreciate it mate and uh yeah great to be on i'll see you again soon talk to you soon cheers cheers dave Bye. bye Small details are big surfaces, tight corners are odd shapes, flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum.